Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, better, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I retired at the age of 41 to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped this fall and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our gold and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. Today, I am joined by my dear friend, Alexis Mashad. Alexis practiced law for close to 20 years, most recently as the Deputy General Counsel for a very large company she recently took public and then promptly left to follow her heart back home. She went from traveling on private jets to ink deals to creating her own real estate and design practice as a newly minted entrepreneur, and she couldn't be happier. Alexis and I talk about the scary steps between lives, what the word home means to us, supportive friendships, and how the sidelines are the place your soul goes to die. Alexis is soulful and determined. You're going to love her as much as I do. Let's dig in. I am so excited to have with me today Alexis Mashad, a longtime friend and total badass. You're welcome. So Alexis and I have known each other for a very long time, and we have, I feel like, lived several lives together. Yeah. So I'm going to walk you through my, our lives together. Okay, let's okay, do it. Okay, let's do it. So our first life together was when I was in finance, I was investment management, and you were an estate planning attorney. I was. So we referred clients back and forth. Mm-hmm. And how long was it? It probably took about eight or ten years before we actually started hanging out outside of work. Yeah, it was like pre-kids. It was completely just like corporate life, referral-based. I always liked you, but we weren't friends. It was work. Right. It was it was like a professional relationship. Yep. And then we both came, became moms around the same time. Yep. And um, then we got involved in human trafficking. We did. Anti-human trafficking Anti-human trafficking. That's a yeah. very good correction. Right. Um, because in... Las Vegas, where we live, um, we do have an issue with human trafficking. And so um, through our relationships with the Attorney General's office and within the community, um, we put on a dinner for the Attorney General, um, which was probably one of – it was very rewarding. It was so rewarding. It was so much work, and it was so unbelievably rewarding. The second part of my sentence was going to be, it was so much work. Uh Uh-huh. Well, 330 people in a short period of time. Yeah, and we did it, and we raised money for a fund that helps victims of human trafficking. And let me back up by saying, um, so Alexis was an estate planning attorney, and then you became the deputy general counsel of a a soon-to-be publicly traded company at that time. I did. You took them public. Yeah, I was part of a team that a took part of it. You're so, part of a team. You're so sweet. Yes, it took them public. So she she has all of this going on, and we are coming together with another friend, and we're putting together a, an event um, for the attorney general. It was a huge, raging success, and we ended up on group text with each other for months leading up to it. So it's almost like once the group texts were over and we were done with the event, it was mm-hmm. almost like we missed each other. Yeah. But then we have a third iteration of our lives. We do. A third life. So I decided to leave finance, and Alexis decided to leave law. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's a very, very positive thing. And it's so beautiful, like how our lives have continued to to grow and mm. and change kind of like symbiotically, but not not purposely. It's kind of interesting. It is interesting. I actually never thought about it that way. But you're, when I was listening to you a little bit earlier talk about 23 years in finance, and I was like, in 17 years in law, mm-hmm. it's our entire adult lives, and we have walked away from it and into something new at almost the exact same time. Yes, exactly. And so every now and then there are text messages that go back and forth that's like, tell me I'm not crazy. <laughs> like earlier today? Yes. Uh-huh. Am, I, am I making the right decision? Yeah. And we both have so much faith in in the other person. Yes. Right? And yes. even in ourselves. Yeah. Like that's one thing I do appreciate is like we'll sit down every now and then and be like, I feel crazy. I made this huge decision to make this big leap of faith. Right. And the one thing I love about Alexis is she doesn't do anything small. She's like, we're going to do this and we're going to do this big and we're going hard and like, you know, pedal to the metal. Yeah. And you, um, I think of your new career as going home for so many reasons. Yeah. And I want you to talk a little bit about your new career and why you decided after so many years in law to make this change. To come home. To come home. Uh, come home in so many sense, uh, so many, I guess, senses of the word. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. But um, what got me there was I felt like I was on a rocket ship, and it was everything that I wanted. It wasn't anything that I didn't want. Um, my career was absolutely thriving. It was fascinating. It was fun. It was challenging. It was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, uncomfortable because you're constantly growing. And I get bored if I'm not growing. So I've gotten a little bit used to being uncomfortable, even though it can be tiring. And I had so many opportunities in front of me that um, partially are well-earned and partially you're in the right place at the right time. And there's a lot of people that work really hard and don't have um, the kind of success that they might wish for, right? So I'm always careful to really acknowledge that luck does play a part. Um, And the people that you surround yourself with that help lift you up. So... Um, company is newly public and we're expanding, we're growing, uh, we're going gangbusters. My responsibility is growing and um, my dad gets really sick and my dad had been working for 47 years as a dentist. I think he missed one day of work in my childhood that I remember. Just He just was a super hard worker and he helped support all of us for so long and he gets, he gets sick two weeks after he retires. Mm-hmm. And if that is not like, I I am religious, but that's not like the Lord shaking you or the universe sending you a message Mm -hmm. about don't wait. Don't wait, right? My parents had plans, and fortunately, they get to carry out some of those plans. He got better. But as I was watching him in the ICU and I was watching people pass away and, like, the crash teams run into these ICU rooms where people left the planet – and I'm taking calls for work, and I'm on my phone um, whispering conversations while I'm helping to kind of take care of my dad in the ICU, and then I'm going home to my little kids at night. I just kept hearing, like, my dad is old and my kids are young, and what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I started to work with my executive coach on things that really interest me, but that would help me kind of redefine life on my terms not on other people's terms Mm -hmm. and it turned into this whole coming home uh, to my family and starting a business that is all about home and family Mm -hmm. and my mom is a retired real estate agent she was a badass businesswoman in the 70s and 80s and early 90s 
And so real estate is in my blood. I love home. I love design. I love family. Mm-hmm. And so I went from a transactional lawyer um, to using those skills to build a business that isn't just real estate. It's growing. Yeah. Well, and I love, so Alexis, as funny as this is, um, right when she decides to get her real estate license, I suddenly decide to buy a new house. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because I need a place to work out of, right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm leaving. I need a place to office. My current house isn't big enough for me to comfortably kind of build my dream. Right. Let's make this decision. And so I reached out to Alexis. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> and she's like, let's go look at new houses. I was so excited. I do it for fun. And now I get to do it for work with one of my best friends. Yeah. And I was her first transaction. Yes. And it was, I trusted you implicitly, but this is one of the things that I love about you, and I think us when we're together, is it's kind of like there's a trust there, right? There's a trust in, like, intuition. There's a trust in, like, okay, you're intelligent. I know that you know numbers. Like, you didn't even try to, like, make me sleep on anything because you knew I was so resolute. Like, I found this house, and this is what I want. We have brave. I did say, do you want to sleep on it? But it felt forced because I knew you didn't need to, but I just said it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But it was like, you know – and the thing that I love is that you walked in and you have such a knack for design. Like, you recognize, like, the flooring that I wanted, the cabinets that I wanted, and all of these things. You're like, this is perfect for this situation. Um, and in all of your materials that you're starting to put together, you talk a lot about home. Mm-hmm. And even when we were doing the attorney general dinner, yeah, you wanted to – we did a, a beautiful video. Right. So Alexis and I kind of bankrolled this video ourselves because we, <laughs> we thought we needed to bring the audience in to tell the story of the girls who were trafficked in Nevada so that it's less of a scintillating topic. Right. And more of a, these are your children. Yeah. And one of the things Alexis said to me was, we have to make it about home. We have to have people see what is here and what, aside from the lights of the strip, right? Yes. They have to see what is home. And that word always, I think of you so much. Oh. Well, because you're talking, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it is so beautiful. And I have an executive coach as well. And one of the things that he gave me a hard time about was I was living out of boxes for a couple of months. And my anxiety was, like, through the roof. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he's like, Jeanette, you don't realize that you actually have to create a place of stabilization. Yeah. And you've got to move out of your boxes. Like, I need you to, like, actually put a a, a grouping of time on your calendar where you promise me you will unpack boxes. (laughs) Yeah, you need stability and roots. Right. You can't have roots in boxes. Well, and I wanted to talk about that concept of home. Right? And what home means. Because it doesn't always have to be a place. No, it doesn't. But there's a sentiment when it comes to feeling grounded. And I want you to share with me your impressions of what home means. Okay. And and what what our listeners could take away. Home is transitional. It's almost fluid. And home, you can have many homes in one day and they don't have to be buildings, right? So to me, home is in its highest form, peace, love, support, and strength. Those are your friends. That is a community that you surround yourself with, um, neighbors, colleagues, um, whoever it is that most supports you. And it can be a place. It can be your house. But your house is empty until you make it a home, right? So um, it is, it's friendship, it's hospitality, it's who you 
a place where you remember most who you are and what you're most capable of. Mm -hmm. And so I sometimes flash back to like sitting in a car with a friend and having a conversation where I felt so empowered and full of life. At that moment, that was home to me. And it can be a relationship. It could be that person where you look at that man or woman or whoever Mm -hmm. it is and like look in their eyes and go, I'm home when I'm with you. So home is so much in the, in the trafficking sense, um, or the anti-trafficking, it's, it's the community, right? The community that we can all come together and be a part of in these small acts of service that lift up our community, our home. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fluid, it's multifaceted, it's base, it's support and it's strength. Yeah. It's really interesting. So when I, when I went through my divorce, I left what I thought was my dream home. Right. I created this beautiful home and I had this imagined vision of my daughter coming home from college and coming up these, this grand staircase. Right. And like this beautiful place where we would take pictures and I made, I made the house home, not the family. And it was really interesting yeah. because, you know, as much as my daughter is home to me, her father and I were splitting. It was, right. you, I would pull out of the driveway and look at this beautiful sunshine yellow paint and this white, you know, shutters and yeah. the rose bushes. And we had a, a rabbit family that lived in our Aww. bushes. But I, I had made it the building. Yes. I hadn't actually created home within my relationship. Right. And when I moved out I had this really beautiful experience when I moved out I was devastated I was kind of broken because I was really sad and I moved to a much smaller house and I had a friend reach out to me and say to me um, he's an interior designer that I cannot afford he's very fancy high end I cannot afford (laughs) right 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 and he called me and he was like Okay, so what are we doing with your new house? I, li- I literally bought this tiny little track home. It was a tiny little thing. And, like, I walked in and I literally cried as I was buying it. I know that house. I loved that house. It, because it became something bigger. Yeah. Right? Like, when I yeah. first walked in, I was just like, oh, like, I guess this is where I'm going. Like, I've taken a huge step back in life. Right. You know, I, my relationship has broken up. My house is, you know, it's not what I thought it was. Yeah. And he called me and he said, what are we doing? And I said, I can't afford you. And he was like, I'm making you a home. Aww, you need a place. And I think of that place. And the day that I moved out, before I moved into the house that you helped me find, yeah. the day before I moved out, I was there for five and a half years with my daughter. And she even said to me, she's like, Mommy, I have so many memories here. Right. And she's like, I, let's never lose the pictures from this house. Because this was always our house. And yeah. it was like a womb. It was very nurturing. Yeah. He um he came in and he was like, you need bigger windows. You need a built-in. You need wood floors. And it wasn't even about those things. Right. It was about the warmth that and was the comfort. And the comfort, yeah. Like yeah. it became this like nurturing little nest. Source of strength. Yes. Yeah. But when I left it, oh. I went room to room and I... I blessed, I said, thank you, bless, oh. for what you did for me and my daughter because I feel like we healed there. Yeah. And we created a different dynamic so that when we were ready to move to my bright, beautiful new house. Right. That I was I was ready to make that shift. Yes. It's just. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And home, I think about, I've, you know, I've had family that's extraordinarily wealthy and family that um, is super happy and lives paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. and all the different kinds of houses. And some are modest and some are not. And 
it's the feeling when you walk yes. into those places of the love and the memories and the laughter and lifting each other up when you're mourning the loss of somebody close to you or if someone sees something as a failure, whatever it is, you can sense and feel it. Mm-hmm. That's home. Yeah. Not the walls that surround it. It's so interesting you say that because when I started dating my current boyfriend, he came into the house and he was like, it's so I wanted like I wanted to spend time here right he actually referred to it one time as like an opium den because (laughs) (laughs) he's like you just get so like relaxed and so okay because it's yeah you just want to chill you just want to like hang out because it had this very inviting calming energy to it yep and I think of my new house as power because I'm building there, right? Yep. And I want us to have powerful relationships and for our daughters to walk into their power. Yeah. So, like, I think of those words as I walk in because I want to create a space yes. where we feel almost motivated and strong within the walls. And, like you said, it's the the, the, the design and the furniture and the carpet right. and the, what, all that helps. It does. But it's really the intention, I think. It is the intention. And it the is the intention. And people you bring into your life. It, uh, that's the most important. Design is really fun, and it can definitely impact how you feel in a space. Like, I'm so particular. Like, I won't go to certain places just because of how I feel in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but what you have described, that is the most important in making a home. The intention of the people that are there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think, too, it's kind of funny because you go through, like, periods of life, right? Like, so after my divorce, like, I lost a lot of friendships and chose and, and self-selected out of some friendships. Yeah, because, kind of you know, else. there's the deciding who's going to be friends with who, who yep. gets what, you know, family members, what have you. And so I think I, I retreated to a place of comfort, and now there's the opportunity to kind of rebuild, right? And there's the opportunity <gasps> to call in the people that are good for you. So I want to ask you a little bit about that. Because okay. Because you have these really beautiful friendships. I do. I'm very fortunate. You are very fortunate. And you create, you bring people together that you love so they can know each other. Yes. Talk to me about your purposeful friendships. Like, do you specifically seek out friendships with people? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, oh, I hope this doesn't sound too bad. Um, I have lifelong friends, right? I call them my sandbox friends. And so I am slow to warm. And like how you said, maybe we knew each other 10 years before we became friends. Um, Because once I um, establish a relationship with somebody, in my experience so far, it's been lifelong. So most... So I was being auditioned. A little bit. For like 10 years. Like we were dating for like a decade. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's not totally conscious, right? But I I just have... I had a huge family. And I kind of say past tense because so many have passed away, right? Mm -hmm. When you have that large of a family, you just go to, you know, a lot of funerals. So um, I had an enormous family. And then... Um, and I have these friends, my three best friends, um, I've known since middle school. And then I picked like people in high school and then I still have sorority sister friends that I can, I am in regular contact with. And then I have, um, a couple law school friends. And so, um, I, there is this thing I always hear about women not supporting each other. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful to say I've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. I truly haven't. And if I did, maybe I was just didn't know what I was seeing or I wasn't close enough to them that they could offend me. Got it. Right? Yep. So um, I collect just as many male friends as I do female friends because I love the different perspectives and advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I'm your friend, I'm loyal to you forever and we celebrate each other's successes and we help pick up with failures divorces layoffs Mm -hmm. illnesses deaths of family 
I just think, you know, friends are the family that you choose and I'm really deliberate in who I let be around me. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with why you haven't been successful so successful in your friendships yeah. is the deliberate way in which you court apparently or position <laughs> I know. your friends it was not like intentional no no, no. I know but it's, it's, it's self-protective right yeah and it's something that I had to learn over time because I didn't have that from out of the gate right I was kind of like oh you want to be my friend cool like we're attached to the hip. Yeah. And I think it was also because I was searching for my family. You know, my yes. family, I came from a high control religion right. where there was, you are this way or you are out. Mm. And so for a long time I was out. So I had to recreate yeah. my family. And so I think I assumed everyone was good for a long time. Oh. And so I made some poor choices that I had to restructure. Yeah. But then you learn. You learn and you, now I have these beautiful people that I've brought into my life. And it was so funny. My boyfriend was asking me the other day, he's like, Hey, have you talked to Alexis and our other friend Liberty lately? And he's like, you know, were you chatting about XYZ? I'm like, Oh, we don't, we don't like gossip. We change the world. Like, it's so funny because our friendships are Oh yeah, we don't talk about other people. Mm -mm. That's a waste of time. No, our friendships are so purposeful and it's, you know, we all have, you know, we're supportive of each other's passions. We talk about our children. We talk about the things in our lives, but also we want to do some really amazing things in the world. Yeah. And help each other do it. And just like, kind of like, I remember, I don't know when it was last year, um, there was something happening in your life and you were getting a little bit worn out, understandably so, because you've worked so hard to get where you are. And I, we were sitting at Wolfgang Puck. Do you remember this? And Liberty's next to me and you were in front of me. And you, you didn't say something like, maybe I just should give up. But it was getting close. And you were just having a moment. You weren't going to give up. But right. I like almost got personally offended. <laughs> and I was like, no. Like, like you're like eighty percent through this. You just can't see it. Right. So I guess my point to that is like totally supporting like, just keep going. I got yeah. your back, sister. Even when you need to lean back, I'm going to help push you. Yeah. And those are the people I surround myself with, and those are the people that I want to be around. That yeah. That do the same for me. Absolutely. And I think that that's, like, so beautiful and important because I think over time, and some of the um, the podcasts that I've done or the interviews I've done and some of the content that has been created, there are people that come into your life sometimes that are un healthy yeah and so you have to create specific boundaries but you started from a place of being you know deliberate in in who you brought in I don't know if that's healthy it's just how it ended up being because I got fortunate to make such good friends so early Mm -hmm. and um and you know you just get what you give too right and so but you uh, you know, and I, I'm really protective of my friends. My friends can see if somebody's coming towards me that might take advantage of me. Mm-hmm. And like you said, how you think everybody's nice. I definitely have that first with myself, sure. not mm-hmm. with my friends. And I almost think as a lawyer, I like fine-tuned that skill. Like I became yeah. a pit bull for my clients yep. and for my friends. Yes. So I can just sense it and like get away, go, Ooh, you know. But point. when it comes to me, I'm a little bit more open Um but it also could be that I just worked like 80-hour weeks and so I didn't have time to like make that many more friends. I don't know what it is. Yeah. No, it's funny that you say that because I think in my career I was very protective of my clients as well, right? Yeah. Because they had achieved great success right. and large levels of wealth. And I could see who was on the periphery. Yeah. And coming for. Right. And I was usually the first person who would be like, 
hey, so about this new girlfriend of yours, or (laughs) about this person, right? I'm seeing a strange spending pattern, Yes, and I just need you to be aware of X, Y, Z. And and even with clients who were starting to get ill, we were the first people to be like, hey, we're noticing some kind of strange behavior. Um, So I think that's interesting, too, because from a professional perspective, you start to put on maybe a different lens or, or wear a different lens. Oh, absolutely. You have to. And it beca- I mean, that's what you're hired to do. And then uh, you hone it over time with years of experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the question I ask everyone. Okay. What gold nuggets of wisdom or inspiration could you leave? Um, live outside of your comfort zone. Walk that fine line. I know that Melinda Gates, she um, she either, she had a speech and maybe she posted it recently and and it just so resonated. My mom had told me since I was a little girl, feel, feel the fear and do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? There's always, you have to push through it or you're never going to grow. And that can be in anything in life. And um, like I said to you earlier, I get bored easily. So once I accomplish something, it's like I have to have more or I'm out. Yes. I just want to keep growing. And um, I just want to accumulate knowledge. I want to be able to use it. I want to, like, whatever you believe in the afterlife, I want to be able to take it with me. And um, But that also means that, like, your life is a, it's more challenging, right? Because you're not living in this 9 to 5 comfort zone where you know how to do this thing perfectly and that's the end of it. So, and I, and I think about when I started to learn to fly a plane um, and I started to learn to fly a plane because I couldn't have kids. Mm. So I was like, well, if I can't have kids and I can't accomplish that goal, I'm going to pick a new goal. I'm going to go become a pilot. I did not know this. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't um, know that, that was the reason. That was the beginning of getting a pilot's license, which I still have not completed. And so um, when I was up in the air, I'll never forget it. It was a very, it was a pretty windy day. And getting comfortable enough that you can fly the aircraft sideways in order to go straight, right? And I remember talking to um, the pilot in the in the aircraft with me saying like, so we're literally just sideways in order to go straight. And I'm sweating a little bit, but then there was comfort in being uncomfortable because that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. So, and it, I mean, it's applicable in everything. So always push yourself and never stop learning and feel the fear and do it anyways. So I once had an executive um, who I worked with, a colleague, uh-huh. and I was grinding all the time. I wanted to move up. Yeah. And one of the things he said to me was complacency is death. And he, so he liked that fight, right? He liked that struggle. Yeah. I had a lot of odds against me just because of my background. So some of the things I wanted to do, I would have people who were like, how are you planning on getting there? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you don't understand how stubborn I am. Right. <laughs> like, my amount of stubborn and personal power mixed together. Just gets you there. Yeah. And like sometimes people would be like, oh, but I don't think that that's going to happen for you because of where you came from or whatever. And I they became like kind of gray to me. Good. Like they were over to the side. Yes. And and so I've had several people ask me recently, and the whole fear, feel the fear and, and do it anyways. Yeah. Um, the words courage and, and bravery have come up a lot because yeah. courage and bravery are just doing it with, with fear. You, ex, you experience yeah. the fear. Oh, yeah. And you're just kind of like, okay, well, I'm still going to go. Right. Because what's what's the other side of it? I mean, in my mind, it's like you, what, end up on your deathbed and you wish that you would have accomplished these things. That's, I think, the exact same thing. Like, so then you regret not trying and you'll never know. I That sounds way worse than being a little sweaty and a little nervous and a little embarrassed of if it didn't work. And I don't even think about being embarrassed anymore. I think, who cares, man? It's my life. Yeah. And I just have to live it the best way I know how and take the risk 
and keep going. That's so funny. So, like, there are days <laughs> where, like, you know, I've, I've got this Instagram, you know. Yeah. And there are days where I'll see the the photo that is up. And yeah. I'm just like, who in the world do I think I am? But oh. then I'm like, it doesn't matter. Right? No. It doesn't matter because right. I have words that I want to get out there. Right? And, and this is the medium for which my words can be impactful. Right. And so even if I hate the photo that's up, <laughs> the words that are underneath it are like super important to me. Right. And I was, for a while, I was very aware of the people that were like, what are you doing? Because uh, yeah. I was so used to be, being in my corporate gig. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm throwing a party to launch my new blog and I've got right. an Instagram and I've got a brand manager and I'm writing a book and I think people came around at first with like these curious eyes yes like what are you doing right well but isn't that the mindset that's where we were we were in corporate America for our whole adult life and there is a mindset in corporate America and it is phenomenal in so many ways but it is different from being an entrepreneur mm, yes. and as you start to surround yourself with people that are entrepreneurs whatever it is you're an entrepreneur in real estate you're an entrepreneur in media you're an entrepreneur whatever it is it is absolute different mindset and I would get discouraged by people who would make really snide comments to me. People that I did trust mm-hmm. um, would make snide comments about where I was headed. Um, almost like you're throwing this all away. Yes. And I just, and it would impact me. And so it was actually talking to my coach who said, well, you know, 95% of people are in this corporate mindset and you're going to go with the 5% and you're going to slowly build the people around you mm-hmm. and you're going to start to find a different mindset. And that was eye-opening. It was like, okay, they don't know any better. And where they are, they're succeeding. And that's awesome. But I'm doing something different. Yes. Well, and it's an, like it's almost like you're institutionalized. You have an institutionalized knowledge base yes. and expectation of the way the world looks. And the idea that you rely solely on yourself and your grit yes. is like, what are you thinking? I actually, yeah. we had a holiday party recently um, right as I was going through my retirement announcement. And one of the guys had a couple drinks. Yeah. And he hadn't yet said anything to me. And I was very aware of the fact, like, a colleague has not congratulated me. It's been announced for, like, two months that I'm leaving. <sighs> and he actually said, um, I want to take you outside and, and smack you because you're crazy for walking away from this. And I was just like, you know what, I'm good. Because in that moment, I realized yeah. he will never be able to make that kind of move you know he will never be able to see past and I'm right. like so that's great so like when I'm laying on my deathbed I'll be like well I made good money and was a w-2 employee for my whole life right. but what did I do and what did I say like that right. to me is far more important I can't yeah I can't agree more I can't agree more yes it's scary to do all these things and um but once you realize with the people that are cri- the people that criticize that aren't supportive um, they've reached their success or beyond what they ever imagined. Those were their dreams, but they're not yours and they're not mine. Right. And so there's nothing There's nothing wrong with where they are. Um, a lot of those people, I'm sure that gentleman is in an amazing place. Mm-hmm. It's not the place you want to be. Exactly. And that's what matters. Yeah. No, I love this idea of being um, not only outside of your comfort zone or on the line, yeah. but reassessing what your comfort zone is and coming back to a place of reflection. I believe very wholeheartedly in self-reflection. Yep. Because my comfort zone and my vision board and all of those things looked very different 20, 15, 10 years ago. Right. And now I'm willing to color outside the lines and do things that might be pushing the envelope or making people uncomfortable. Right. Because the upside has been so sweet. Right. 
it's and been, then it'll just continue to grow. And even if it didn't, even if you hit a rough spot, then you just recalibrate and keep moving, right? Those rough spots are blessings. Yes. They're, and they hurt. I've had them. They hurt. But then they're a blessing and you get over it and you're like, boy, did I learn. But that's also a mindset shift, right? You have to get to a place from where like you hit the lesson and you're like, why was I doing this? I should have known better and been like, all right. That didn't 100% work. Right. So I'm going to take that lesson and realize I'm taking that out of my arsenal. Uh-huh. And I'm redirecting. Yep. And that's a complete mindset shift that you have to get your head around as well. Because if you're in this place of like every little time I get smacked, I stay Mm-mm. small or bad or whatever. Yeah. You're never going to get to the next level. Mm-mm. You have to get up. You have to get up. Yeah. That's it. what I tell my girls. Tell yeah. me. Um, you know, when they're struggling with whatever it is, they're really young, they're nine and almost six. And so if they're struggling with math, you know, and this isn't anything new, people are all saying this, you know, you don't know how to do it yet, 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 yet. Um, and, and we don't say practice makes perfection at our house. We say practice makes progress. Mm -hmm. So if you're learning how to do a back tuck on the trampoline, um, you're going to have a bloody nose. You might end up with a black eye. You might hurt your foot, uh, but you're going to learn. And you're going to progress. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I just say to ev- to everybody in my family, but my kids in particular, that, um, you know, the hard things are going to come. Mm-hmm. It's just all about how you react and making sure that you get up. Yeah. And it's not, that's like age-old wisdom, right? But you just can't let those um, speed bumps or boulders that fall on you define you. Right, right. Gosh, if I did. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I would have been like a flat little mark on the, on yeah, the highway. Yeah. Right. No, I think there's something really beautiful about being able to reinvent yourself even daily. Even kind so of walking too. in and being like, I'm going to have a new mindset today. And I'm going to um, – I, I feel very strongly that we have to many times get out of the victim blame oh, yeah. kind of perspective. Yes. Oh, like why does – why do these things keep happening to me? My life no, is so no. hard. Right. And shifting it to be like, okay, what – can I do today to move myself further along? And some of that is unwinding some of those old, that old negative self-talk. Yes. We met in our, what, early 30s? Yeah. Okay. And both on the grind. Yes. On the climb building. Yes. How do you feel different now that mm. you're in your early 40s? I'm sitting right there next to you. Same I know. age. But don't you feel different in the way you look at the world? Oh, Yeah. What would you say, like, if you could look back at your 30-year-old self compared to today, what do you think the big shift is in the way you look at the world? This is, a, this is slightly complicated because I would say the last decade, I mean, I'm only 42, right? I hope to have a lot more decades left. I would say the last decade has been the absolute most challenging, but of course it would be, mm-hmm. right? I was having a family. I was climbing a bunch of ladders, and we were in, in our lifetime, please let it be, the worst recession we ever had. So nothing felt stable. The biggest lesson I learned was that you can have peace through all of that. Mm -hmm. And that is a mindset. That is a knowing that you're going to be okay regardless of what is happening around you, to you, what you're creating, what you think you want to create that might not work. And I, I'm, I just feel super blessed. Like the, the climb that I did, the fact that I was able to eventually have kids and, and they're healthy and wonderful. I'm so lucky. But more than anything, that know 
man, life is going to happen, but you can have peace regardless of what is going on. And that's huge. You can have peace in troubled times. Yes. Period. No matter what, you're going to be okay. Yes. Yes. I remember going to a um, marriage counselor when my marriage was ending and I was at my absolute and total worst. And it was, <laughs> at that point, my, my ex wasn't even coming anymore. It was oh, just shoot. me by myself. Yeah. And at the end, I got really cocky one day, one of our sessions. And I, I said something. And he looked at me and he goes, you feel different today. I said, because I will always be okay. Mm. I am so smart and so powerful. Yeah. I will always have a plan to enact after I'm sad. Right. And I will always be okay. Yes. He goes... You let me know if you ever need to see me again. I'm like, I graduated. I'm out. High five. <laughs> Drop the mic. I'm I done with therapy. It. I love it. It was just like one of those great moments where you're like, you. I had gone through the worst, right? I had yeah. gone through the sadness. I'd gone through the sorrow. I drove some of my friends crazy with my grief. Aww. But I was like, I'd gotten through that and I felt it. You have to feel your way through it sometimes. Yes. But at the end of it, I was like, I will be okay. I will be absolutely 100% fine because I am so good, so smart, so powerful. I'm, yeah, resourceful. Blessed. You can yes. do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sitting with me today. Thanks for having, having me. This and was so fun. Sharing your gold because I love doing life with you and I hope that we get to do a lot of really amazing things together. I love together. doing life with you too. Aww. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I love Alexis Grounded I Got You Girl support, and I only hope you are calling in women like her into your life if they're not already surrounding you. Remember to live outside of your comfort zone and fly the plane sideways. Follow Alexis on IG at Pineapple and Pinecones. Living intentionally is where it's at, and if you are anything like me, you get out of bed and reach for your phone. I'd love to tell you that I practice yoga first thing, but let's be honest. I open my eyes to news and I'm ready to counter that with my own weekly intention journey. I'm inviting you, totally free, from my heart to your inbox. Sign up for my girl tribe at JeanetteSchneider.com and before you even wake up on Monday mornings, there will be a huge dose of motivation waiting for you. Yes, I will wake you up on Monday morning with intention setting prompts and give you some tips as to what is setting my soul on fire. On Fridays, I'm going to remind you to let go, recharge, and love yourself up with some self-care prompts to get present in your downtime. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your girlfriends. I'm always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have anything you'd like to hear about, please share it in the comments. You can always find me on Instagram at ms.janetteschneider or Twitter at msjwrites. If you'd like to get deep in the work with me, pick up my book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, now available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day. <laughs>